You can now take KRBN Internet News Talk Radio with you on your mobile phone as we are making it easier to listen to the great hosts here on KRBN, including our very own West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. It's free and available on Google Play. Just look for player.fm. That's player.fm and search for KRBN. Live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bose No Show with your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. And now, here's Jay. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of the Bozno's Show. And I'm your host, West Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich. And we're coming to you live from beautiful downtown Elmira, where I have survived the ravages of COVID. Um, yeah, so, you know, the wife and I took a week off to celebrate our 40th anniversary and her birthday and went to Alaska and... All we got in Alaska was COVID. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a lot of fun. Um, like a really, really bad head cold uh, with a sore throat for me. With Elizabeth, it was all that plus fever chills and chest congestion and coughing. She had much more in her chest than I did. In fact, she's still hacking a little bit, although the last two days she's gotten better. But I actually tested negative on Tuesday morning, so uh, I'm Free and clear now, no more no more significant symptoms other than a little bit of stuffiness. But who knows if that's not pollen? Uh, but whatever. So had COVID. I tell you, Alaska still you know such a gorgeous state. Uh, did Sitka to Juneau on a small ship. Uh, got to go into Glacier Bay and do all sorts of sightseeing, saw all sorts of animals, saw humpback whales bubble net feeding, which is a pretty amazing thing. It's amazing that these creatures, and not all of them bubble net feed. Apparently, it's a learned behavior, and not everyone gets accepted into the group. Um, uh, But they get together, and we actually saw a group of about 13 of them uh, together doing this, and they dive down under a school of fish, and then they swim spiraling in from outside the school, blowing bubbles out their blowholes that creates this curtain that slowly contracts as they do this spiral. And then they all come up together with their mouths open, you know, to swallow up this school of herring or whatever that's bunched together. Um, And it's pretty amazing stuff. Got to see that fairly close up and through binoculars and everything. So got to, to witness eyewitness bubble net feeding. Really amazing thing. But enough about bubble net feeding. I'm sure that, uh, you know, you want to talk Alaska, give us a call here. Again, we're always interested in what you guys want to talk about more than what I want to talk about because this is a conversation and I get on this show, I try to get on every week, although it's been a while between, you know, board meetings that went all day one week, uh, being away in Alaska and coming home with COVID and and all that stuff. It's, what, been almost a month since I've talked to you all. Not typical for me, but I like to be here every Wednesday at 4 o'clock live so people can call in, ask me a question while I've got a live audience. 
to you know try and answer if I have an answer. If not, I may just write down some information and get back to you later. But um, 646-721-9887 is the phone number to call. And you have to press one that raises your virtual hand on our board here so that we know that you want to actually talk because we get people that call in just to listen. Again, 646-721-9887. So, um, you know, we had 4th of July this last weekend, and I just had to take note that, you know, another 4th of July has come and gone, and the city of Eugene is still collecting a payroll tax on residents that can't vote for city councilors or the mayor. Read the Declaration of Independence. It's really a list of complaints against the king and England. You know, he has refused. He has forbidden. You know, he has called. He has dissolved. He has refused. But, you know, then they get into some of the, you know, why they're, they're going to act. And they talk about for imposing taxes on us without our consent. Taxation without representation. That was the big complaint. And here we have the city of Eugene collecting a payroll tax. They now have record revenue. Their budget was the largest it's ever been. Between federal handouts from, you know, that have created inflation to the city governments and the payroll taxes, they have more money than they know what to do with, I think. So, um, as you pass the 4th of July, if you do live in the city of Eugene and you can vote for city council, maybe you might want to ask them about creating a fair system of taxation that doesn't tax non-city residents that can't vote for them. But, you know, 4th of July also signals something else that used to happen every year, but it's happening for the first time in three years. It's country fair weekend coming up, which means my cell service stinks and even my internet's starting to get sketchy out here because everybody that's overloading the internet because they're having to use call through the internet because they can't get cell service. Um, just one of the unfortunate side effects of, of the country fair. Um, kind of interesting, they're going with uh, proof of vaccination or proof of a negative test within 24 hours uh, in order to get entry. They're limiting the number of people. Uh, they're going to ask people to wear masks. So I'm kind of interested in seeing it's kind of a clothing optional event. You know, I kind of wonder whether the back, you know, <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, clothing optional and wearing a mask. Enough said there. Uh, it's the country fair. Always good people watching in Benita on, on country fair week. Uh, traffic gets a little crazy, though. If you want to come out here and watch people, just beware. You may, may sit in some traffic. Um, but kind of moving beyond all that and trying to remember what the heck was going on four weeks ago, having, you know, COVID brain fog for a week and all that. Yeah. I had to go back and kind of remind myself, you know, what was the board doing before I went on vacation <laughs> and what were we doing that day? I had to skip the show because we were, we were, we were in a board meeting 
And, uh, you know, a couple things were going on, and I'll start off with the one that's probably uh, got some pretty broad community interest, and that's we're, we're continuing to take the steps necessary to stay on a timeline to where we'll be able to make a final decision on whether or not to build a multi-use stadium at the fairgrounds that will also be the home field for the Eugene Emeralds baseball team. And uh, we, you know, had had to take certain steps, uh, you know, before hiring some consultants that represent us and not the baseball team. So we're getting a disinterested third party that's helping us. We actually also hired an attorney that's representing us in the negotiations with um, the M's in Major League Baseball. Um, so, you know, those sort of things. And, and right before uh, I went on to Alaska, we went through the process of approving a uh, waiver of the typical um, bidding process to go out and ask for proposals for design build because uh, we need to get a contractor slash um, you know, designer team together to start working on some uh, preliminary plans so we can get better cost estimating to understand what the actual cost of a stadium will be and and all of it, you know, so we can look at financing options and make a decision whether it's worthwhile, go, no go. Yeah, and I, you know, Initially, as I look at this, I think it could be a big win for Lane County and, and the fairgrounds. Um, the fairgrounds generate a lot of uh, financial activity in this community. And particularly, they generate it during the winter in their indoor event center. Um, we're actually not very booked up in the summertime because there's not really great facilities for outdoor uh, events, et cetera. So having a, a multi-purpose stadium that will allow us to also host things like concerts and competitions, et cetera, uh, when the M's aren't playing baseball, um, will allow us to, to kind of keep that fairgrounds busier all summer long which will help support refurbishing the facilities that keep us busy all winter long, um, which generates uh, people staying in hotels. It generates a lot of economic activity and jobs. So, uh, you know, as I see that the value of the fairgrounds right now is, is it generates millions of dollars to our local economy and jobs generates people staying in hotels in the wintertime when we don't, have necessarily haven't booked up. And this summertime um, expansion of our capabilities, and there'll be some wintertime use of the stadium too, uh, capability and also having the kitchens available, which will help support our indoor facilities, is really going to make the fairgrounds viable financially for the long term, where we'll be able to keep that, that event center and fairgrounds going for years and years and years as an economic driver in Lane County. And just that um, we'll be able to get, you know, have, have a, 
a, a, you know, a minor league team here and have those fun e- summer evenings at the ballpark. You know, I, I can't say I've, I've, I've been to M's games um, multiple times, you know, Civic Stadium and, and PK. And I look, you know, it'll be fun to, to go to whatever the new stadium might be called, which will be interesting, you know, whether we sell the naming rights <laughs> as a fundraiser. Who knows? Uncle Phil? No, uh, yeah. I think we got enough night this and that. Maybe there'll be something new. Maybe somebody else will step forward. But uh, so that was kind of, you know, one of the things that was on, you know, on the agenda. So we just kept that that moving. We'll probably not make a final decision until later, late summer, um, before we'll get to the point of where we got to say, okay, we got to start charging ahead. Um so there's still time to, you know, let the board know how you feel about it. Um, and, you know, one of the things is this is um, going to be funded possibly through transient room taxes. Most of the fairgrounds is is either self-funded through the revenues that they generate or transient room taxes. So it doesn't compete with um, patrol, you know, or it doesn't compete with public works and roads. It doesn't, you know, because those transient room taxes have to be spent in a way that supports tourism and and overnight stays. So that's kind of, um, you know, as people wonder why we're thinking about building a stadium when we got all sorts of other problems, um, you know, we can't spend transient room taxes on the homeless problem. Although I could almost make a tie between homelessness and our ability to attract tourists. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think we'd be getting sued by the hoteliers that, that have to pay the transit room tax. Um, so that was one of the things that went on. But one of the other things that went on was kind of a really minor thing. But, again, it's a place where I ended up on the wrong side of a 4-1 vote. And we're – developing and starting to put out this thing called an equity lens where we we quote make do our decision making through this equity lens and i've always been a little uncomfortable with the concept of equity and particularly when and and this is what this equity lens does it places equity as a higher value than equality and quality of opportunity Equity is about outcomes. I've always focused on individual rights and equality under the law and everybody having equal opportunity. We're created equal in the eyes of the law and the government. No one's different. No one has any special rights. No one has any lesser rights. It's what you do with that opportunity of that individual rights that our constitution guarantees and this idea of equity is about making sure there's equal outcomes and to me quite often that means you have to actually be in equal in how you do things 
you know that that's to get to have equity of outcomes you quite often have to stack the deck against people to prevent you know somebody coming out on top and i just that concept bothers me and uh we were being asked to to write a letter of support for our equity lens and i chose to not support it and i know there's probably people that think oh if you're not going to support equity you must be some kind of supremacist of some kind no i'm not i i've mentioned multiple times on this program i don't believe there's more than one race and it's called human race and when we start trying to divide ourselves and and and, and, you know, declare victimhood or supremacy of any kind, it's a false division. You get down to our DNA, and there's almost no difference no matter, you know, whether it's ethnicities uh, or skin colors or where, you know, place of origin. We all stem from the same evolving, you know, homo sapiens. So much of our DNA is almost exactly matching. A few changes here in, in, in some genes that control skin color, uh, a few changes there in genes that control uh, eye color or something like that. It, 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 we're all humans. What makes us incredible is, is this brain <laughs> that we've developed, the brain that is self-aware and can understand things like being created equal. And it's how we all choose to, you know, apply ourselves that may create inequities and outcomes. But, you know, that's, you know, I just don't, I, I just have trouble with the idea of, you know, this concept of equity. In fact, it always cracks me up somewhat that the standard poster about what's, you know, what's equality and what's equity, is they show, you know, a child, a woman, and a, and a, and a man that, you know, that are three different heights trying to peek over a fence at a baseball game. And, of course, the only one that can see over the fence is the tall man. And they call that equality. And then in the next frame, they show, you know, the kid standing on two two orange crates, the woman standing on one, and the guy still standing on the ground, and they can all see over the fence. And that's equity. Mind you, in both frames, they're trying to watch a game without paying for it. <laughs> just amazes me. And and so, you know, it just, it cracks me up that their example that's most often used in cartoon version to demonstrate the concepts is actually showing people avoiding paying admission to a baseball game. (laughs) So that ultimately the players don't get paid as well or something, you know, it's just, yeah. Uh, Okay. But one more time, Jay's on the losing end of a 4-1 vote because no one wants to question that concept because it's 
the woke concept of the day, you know, how can you be against be equity? You know, it sounds so good. But when you think about it, the idea of arranging equal outcomes, which that's what equity is all about. You just remember the, the boxes. Let's make sure everyone has equal equality of being able to see over that fence illegally. <laughs> Doing those outcomes, you know, it's like, why doesn't the tall guy get two boxes so he has even more, a better view? What if the tall guy built the boxes? <laughs> what if the tall guy actually paid his way and sat in a seat? Maybe paid for the kid to have a seat too. You know, worked hard enough to have the money to pay admission. There you go. What a concept. <laughs> uh, but I digress. Hey, we're back to baseball, though. <laughs> uh, and let's see what else went on. While I was gone, the board approved our budget, which was huge and massive, partly because of all the federal money we're having to pass through. And that includes things like rental assistance payments due to the pandemic, which are mostly needed because of shutdowns that have, in retrospect, been shown not to be very effective. Now, I must say, I was very happy that when I would realized I had COVID, and then we did the self, we did our government self-test thing, you know, have to swab your nose. Oh, my God, I hate doing that. It makes me want to sneeze every time I try to do it. Um, but our, I came up positive. I was very happy that I was vaccinated and boosted because I understood I was probably not going to have a very severe case of COVID, which is great. But, you know, that's a great thing. Meanwhile, we have monkeypox in Lane County. Two confirmed cases. And, you know, it's just another unfortunately sexually transmitted disease when it comes right down to it. It requires transferring fluids between people, basically. It's not a very contagious disease. So it's, don't, don't be running around like a chicken with your head caught off looking for a monkeypox vaccine. <laughs> Practice safe sex. Ah, yeah, we did talk about sexually transmitted diseases about a, two or three months ago, I think, after we got a report from our board showing that they are increasing here in Lane County, unfortunately. And then you kind of wonder, you know, what's going on with today's sex ed and all that stuff. I remember sex ed when I was a kid. It was mostly about you know, this is how people get pregnant. You know, this is what sex is. This is how, you, you know, pregnancy works. This is how you can prevent pregnancy. And this is also how you can prevent getting diseases. Uh, look, Robin, looks like we got a caller that has their hand up. You want to just bring them straight on? Hey, caller. You know, Question or comment? <sighs> Go ahead, caller. You're uh, you're on with Jay Bozovich. Uh, 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 
Uh, I think you've got a wrong number there, Robin. Place on hold to see if you can get it straight or something. <laughs> maybe maybe that was a comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, true. Could could have been. That's an awful, strange topic we got diverted into monkeypox and sexually transmitted diseases and sex ed. Who knows? Um, but again, you know, all you have to do to get in on the show is dial 646-721-9887. And don't forget to press one, which that person apparently did. They, their little hand went right up and we had a clear board. So I tried to bring them right in. It, it seemed like they were calling during a particular topic. So, again, 646-721-9887 is the number to get in on the show. Don't forget to press 1. That, that's Robin, my call screener and producer extraordinaire. Know that you want to actually talk here on the Bose Nose Show. All right, Robin, thanks for trying. <laughs> so, um, beyond monkeypox and 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 other issues like equity and equality and taxation without representation. The board's also been starting to talk about how we can fund our park system here in Lane County. And we have some pretty amazing parks uh, in Lane County. Uh, you know, we've got Howard Buford Park, better known by most people as Mount Pisgah, um, our largest by Acreage Park, uh, and it's kind of just, you know, a wonderful place to go and hike up the hill and get a, get a nice view from up there. Um, also got some horseback riding available and, and of course, the Arboretum's there. Uh, so it's, it's you know, a pretty cool place to go, but we also have some awesome campgrounds. Armitage Campground on, on the Mackenzie River, just, you know, right there with Great picnic facilities and all that makes a great group gathering place. We have uh, Baker Bay uh, out on um, Cottage Grove Lake, uh, except for this year we're having issues with Baker Bay because the water system's down because the people that provide water to the campground are having leaks in their system and they, they can't maintain water pressure. Uh, So, Robin, I, I see, does Tapioca actually want to get on and talk, or never mind. <laughs> uh, my caller, I think, was a spam call. All right. Well, where was I? Parks. You know, Baker Bay, having a little trouble with the water system this year, not our fault. We're actually providing discounts for people that want to camp there. Dry, and basically, it's dry camping now, um, and we've got you know porta pots out there. Uh, and then we also got um, you know probably you know Harbor Vista is one of the best kept secrets in Lane County in some ways, where the, we actually have a campground on the coast, walking distance out to the North Jetty Beach. Um, just incredible setting right there off the Saislaw River, practically right in Florence. So um, just some great places, some great parks we have, multiple boat landings, natural parks, you know, parks that have been built up like Orchard Point. 
um, and, and Richardson. Uh, so great, huge park system that stretches from the coast all the way into the Cascades. You know, so it's like all the rest of our stuff, it's spread out and hard to maintain. But a lot of the parks, you know, as we lost our, our timber money that used to keep Lane County fat, and and healthy as far as a, as a government goes, um, one of the first things that was easy to do was to stop doing a lot of maintenance in our parks and cut our parks budget way back. You know, as we're trying to maintain things like sheriff's patrol and prosecuting attorneys and you know, <laughs> somewhat kind of important stuff like that, parks kind of took back seat. But unfortunately, that's led to deferred maintenance program in parks that, that's probably in the $25 million range right now. And uh, the, uh, you know, the problem is, is without some kind of additional revenue source, it's going to be difficult to tackle that and, and start making progress. And every year we, we put it off, it grows because it's like the difference between uh, replacing the shingles on your roof or having to repa- replace the underlying plywood because the shingles have been leaking for enough years that they've damaged the plywood or letting it go long enough that it's actually damaged wallboard and other things in your home. And maybe you've even gotten some kind of dry rot or ant infestation going. So you're tearing whole, whole walls out. You know, that's the kind of thing that happens with deferred maintenance. It always leads to more costs if you don't, you know, the longer you take to fix it. So, you know, it's a serious problem for Lane County. Um, The question kind of is how much, you know, additional revenue could we ask the taxpayers of Lane County to support um, and and the timing of when to ask for that support? Because um, we do have our public safety levy we had to pass when we lost timber money just so we could maintain enough jail beds and enough treatment and uh, detention beds in our youth services um, division for juveniles um, that, you know, we ended up passing a public safety levy back in 2013 and renewing it. Well, 2023, we got to renew it one more time because it only the max you can do a, a levy is for five years. So next May, we're going to have to ask people to renew our public safety levy, and we're probably going to have to increase the the, dot, the the amount of the levy slightly. You know, currently it's 55 cents per thousand. It might have to go up to 60 cents or something like that, 58, 60 cents, just to try and keep the level of service up because governments just like you folks we're experiencing inflation um whether it's our employees benefits that are costing more or you know when you talk about the jail our medical services um, that we contract for continue to increase in cost um the cost of you know feeding inmates and heating jail everything's you know increasing just like your home budget so we may have to ask people for, for more money. Uh, we'll see. But the question is, is do we try and fix the parks problem first, or do we wait and make sure our public safety system's okay before we 
tackle parks. Happy to hear from folks who have opinion about that. 646-721-9887. Just press one and that gets you in on the conversation here. Um, you know, in on the Bose Nose Show. So again, six four six seven two one nine eight eight seven. Just press one, and that gets you in here on the Bose Nose Show. So all sorts of things going on out there. Throwing some stuff out there. Everything from COVID to taxation without representation by the city of Eugene to um, equity versus equality and uh, the M's baseball stadium and parks taxes and public safety levies. And other than a spam call, we got crickets from the audience out here. But I, I know I haven't been on the air in a while, so maybe people aren't listening. And it is a beautiful day after, believe it or not, a couple rainy days and mornings here in July in Oregon. And, and Hasn't that been something, you know, I don't know about you all, but the last couple of years have been blessings as far as mosquitoes go. But I I have to definitely get the deed out if I'm going to go work in my garden this year. <laughs> that That late spring, early summer rainfalls have definitely increase the mosquito population in my yard. And at the same time, the weeds are growing more. So I need to get out in the yard and the skeeters are waiting for me when I go out. I tell you, there's something something fierce uh, out here in Elmira this year, which kind of makes you wonder about those country fair folks that are gonna have their mask on, but clothing optional. <laughs> Robin, did they say where they have to wear the mask? Uh, I yeah, I I'm not so sure. I know there I, there's some places I I've been to the country fair a few times over the years. Um, you know, taking some out of town guests there, just you know, that are dying you know, to experience the fair atmosphere and all that. Um, and it's fascinating. Um, who chooses clothing optional? <laughs> Have you ever noticed that it's the ones that sh- uh, should be wearing clothes that the, uh, are normally yeah. the ones that are not wearing clothes? Yeah, it seems that way. But I, I do appreciate that some of them have some very interesting body art. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the body paint stuff is definitely in there. So it's kind of like they're not wearing clothes, but they sort of are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Very creative, you know, I, I, I must say. But, yeah, I... I imagine that this year it may not be as comfortable with the mosquito population as it has been in past years because we are definitely having having one of our worst years for mosquitoes out here. And I am, I am, I am not too far from the country fair grounds. <laughs> well, I was going to mention you forgot the good news coming out of Springfield. Oh, yeah. I, I probably should have mentioned that, but I'll let you go ahead and break it there, Robinson. You brought it up. (laughs) Well, what will not go round and round and round? (laughs) Main Street. (laughs) Exactly. For those that don't know that some genius, probably the same guy that we gave the Drunken Architect Award to for 6th Street and the Crazy Eights on Franklin Boulevard, they decided that for safety, 
we're going to install five, or excuse me, nine roundabouts. Yeah. And so even though they may be large on 42nd in Maine and 126 in Maine, have you ever been there during rush hour? Well, take a sandwich and a drink with you because you're going to be sitting there trying to, for a while trying to get into traffic. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fascinating uh, if they ever do execute roundabouts there. But it seems like the city council kind of heard the hue and cry of the people once they realized what was being planned. You know, I know they tried it really hard to get public comment on it, but during COVID, that was kind of a tough thing to do. And um, once people suddenly became aware of nine roundabouts and losing their favorite coffee kiosk and a few other businesses that, that people really like and centerline dividers where they couldn't make left turns into the businesses they want to get to, um, you know, having to go down and make a U-turn and come back kind of doesn't work for an 18-wheeler very well. Um, <laughs> and from what I understand, the city council didn't just hear from people. They heard from people shouting. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, they they exercised the better part of valor, uh, yeah. and uh, and decided to pull pull the proposal and rethink it. So um, I have a feeling you will you will be seeing public I- input on Main Street safety in the near future coming from the city council. Yeah, and I think whoever came up with the idea, well. It was probably some consultant, you know, that, that they had, you know, some some expert on pedestrian and traffic safety, you know, that's gone through our, our new university uh, Agenda 21 programs, which are, <laughs> which are basically how can we screw people that want to drive personal automobiles <laughs> and try and force you to get on mass transit and live in a high-rise apartment. Don't forget about your electric car and that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Go electric. Oh, yeah. As we're talking about taking out four dams on the Klamath River. Well, you're you're not supposed to get technical. Yeah. I mean, that's just like saying that, why do we need farms? All you have to do is go to the store. (laughs) Yeah, it's just the, the disconnect between how shaky our grid is getting in the Western U.S. and this push towards electrification just is fascinating to me. The cognitive dissonance it takes, decarbonization of the grid and dam removal, while at the same time trying to mandate people go all electric in their homes and go electric with their vehicles. I mean, we're going to be third world soon where, where the, you know, it's blackout city and they're going to ration when you're allowed to turn. They're going to, you know, this is where the Internet of Things scares the crap out of me. Yeah. Because these all these people that have these, you know, thermostats and refrigerators that can they can talk to over the Internet are going to learn really soon that the government can step in, override the program and say, you know what? You can't put your house below 74 degrees in the summertime or above 65 in the winter because we need to save electricity. And, in fact, during peak hour, we're going to turn your heat down. 
Well, if you think Jay is kidding, have you bought a smart TV lately? Uh, I've got one that's a couple years old. Yeah. Did you have to go through and uh, give it permission to do a bunch of stuff, including take uh, statistics and feedback from what you watch? I I think that's built into just about everything. All the streaming services, you know, that you're, you're agreeing to their terms almost always says they're collecting data on you. Yeah. Hey, you think they recommend shows for you? You know, Netflix, you know, comes up with you know, we recommend based on your past watching. Here's what we recommend for you. <laughs> and you don't think Netflix sells that to people? <laughs> yeah. Well, call me old-fashioned, but I want my TV to be a one-way system. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, you know, you 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 watch a documentary about something on 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 Netflix and next thing you know you're getting an ad for travel to that country. <laughs> yeah. On Facebook. Or just mention something around your phone and next thing you know it's showing up on Facebook. Yeah. Well, that's, I I got Siri and, and any sort of voice stuff turned off on all of my devices. Yeah. Speaking of phones, I have a bitch and moan. Okay. All right. As you know, I had to, well, the last year I had to upgrade my phone because they're turning off the 4G LTE and forcing you to go to the 5G network. So instead of spending, you know, eight, nine thousand dollars, I got this OnePlus phone for 240, which I loved until this month. <laughs> what happened is that it went from OS 11 to OS 12, and now is a completely different phone, and I'm still getting used to all the different features. <laughs> and I don't like my phone as much as I loved my phone when I first bought it. Now, here's what I think somebody, <clears throat> okay, people out there, if you got money, write this down, is that when you purchase a, a device and you buy it for these features, and they force an update and completely change the device that you have, which is no longer the device you bought, I would think at some point somebody would go, hey, I'm going to sue you because this is not my phone that I bought. It's a different phone now. Yeah. But I bet somewhere in the purchase of that phone there's something in the agreement that says you will allow updates and, and accept them. Probably so, just like Microsoft uh, in Windows 10. Yeah. Which most people succumb to the uh, updates. Yeah. Even though I said most. <laughs> yeah, some people are tricky. Tricky. My, my computer says, I'd like to do an update. And i like, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah, not all of us are IT people. <laughs> Yeah, I still, you know, my father-in-law to the, the day he passed a couple of years ago had a flip phone. No, no smart features at all. Yeah, that's my favorite phone, the Motorola flip phone. Unfortunately, they're turning that off at the end of the year too. Yeah, I think he had a Nokia or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you if you're not 5G ready, they're basically shutting stuff down. I think they already shut shut down um, 3G or something like that. Yeah, 3G is which is causing 
uh, truckers that have the ELD systems, a lot of headache because uh, they're sunsetting those machines. They won't work anymore. Uh, Technology. Yeah. It's better. Please accept our updates because it is good. Don't question what we update. Never mind. Uh, yeah, we are handing so much of our life over to that. Yeah. Oh, I've gotten in so many arguments with other IT pros that you should always allow Microsoft updates because of security and it fills holes. And I go, have you ever really looked closely at what they're downloading into your computer? You talk about being security professionals. Uh, you're trusting one corporation to have total control over what your system does. Yeah. Ah. Uh, that's yeah. my for today. Yeah. Well, yeah. Check and, with your phone number. Yeah. 646-721-9887. Don't forget to press one. Um, speaking of technology, though, you know, one of my summertime guilty pleasures, and, of course, we got back from Alaska and had COVID, so, you know, didn't have a lot of energy, so we were, watching, you know, binging a little bit of shows, so I caught up on America's Got Talent. One of the talents was a singer that had been on a previous season came back, but he was paired up with some guy that was a techno AI freak of some kind. And he sang a song while they projected him up on the screen. And, you know, it was his body and all that. Right. But it was... um, What's his name? The, 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 the nasty judge. Uh, the nasty judge? The British guy. Why, why uh, is that? Simon? Huh? Simon? Simon, yeah. It was Simon's face and head and <laughs> doing all the singing. It was, it was completely a deep fake AI thing. <laughs> and, and, you know, even had some of the voice inflections in all of Simon. So it was it was like, oh, my God. You know, it's like. He's, you're sitting there watching him sing this, and the camera's in front of him, pointed right at him, and then the screen up behind is Simon singing. <laughs> it's like it was. It was like you know, I, I am waiting for the deep fake, you know, um, video evidence of some politician you know, doing something nefarious or something like that to come out in October before a big election. Yeah. You know, produced by some foreign power, probably. Probably (laughs) bring I am not a crook. Yeah. Yeah, but it was, it was scary. I mean, when you, it, it, you know, it was funny to watch, you know, Simon's reaction to the singing and, and, and the audience, you know, thought it was great and all that stuff. But when you really start thinking about that technology and the ability to produce deep fake video like that, because all you need is enough video to set up the AI, you know, the facial, you know, run the facial recognition programs and all that to, to model the face. And, you know, they've got the ability to do it now. Get a bunch of actors to act out somebody doing something nefarious, taking a bribe, you know. 
maybe trying to take a steering wheel over in a, in a limousine. <laughs> oh, come on. I didn't get a smile out of you on that one. <laughs> Are you frozen, Robin? <laughs> oh, no. I think I might be frozen. I think we are we frozen, Robin? 